we're going to talk about community tonight. Uh, before we do, Craig wanted me to pass on a message that he is deeply sorry he can't be here. He's a high school Bible teacher, and he's currently on retreat. So, And it's mandatory, I've been told. So let's make him feel awful when he gets back. Let's, let's send him maybe some dirty emails or something. No, I'm joking. Um, but he's really bummed because tonight we're talking about community. It's something that is really on his heart. And one of the things he's going to be doing here at Stone Oak is our community groups and our disciple groups. So this is something you're going to hear from him. Uh, so he really wishes he could be here, but let's make him feel terrible about it. I'll start off with this. Um, let me ask a simple question. What does a healthy Christian community look like? A healthy Christian community. I'm not talking about the unhealthy where it's you know judgmental or hypocritical or whatever. I'm talking about when you picture a healthy Christian community, what comes to your mind? When you think of the perfect life group, uh, what, do you, what do you visualize? Um, in my opinion, I believe, and I will unpack this a little bit tonight, that we have a bit of a romanticized view of what that means to be a healthy Christian community. And let me, let me put it like this. At the core, I think what we begin to think is that a healthy Christian community is a bunch of people that are pretty well put together. They're typically happy and they love Jesus. And I think that's what we think of. When we think a healthy Christian community, it's a group of people. I mean, let's get real practical. You know, if you're single, you love being single. Praise God he has you where you are. You're just glad. If you're married, you know, you just you always love each other. You're butterfly kissing during prayer, and it's just beautiful. I don't think I've said butterfly kissing in a long time. Okay. It works. It works. So you have this, you know, during prayer, it's going on, and it's beautiful, holding hands, and their kids come in, and it's just wonderful. They're well-behaved, well-mannered, and it's beautiful. And we think that this is a healthy Christian community. The problem is it's not. It's not real. That it's a persona and it's something that will not last. Uh, let's be honest, it's exhausting. I don't know if you've ever been there, but thoughts like, do we have to go tonight? <laughs> Come to your mind, do we have to go? Do we have to get in the car and put on this we're good face? And that wears you down and it is not healthy it's not what the scripture paints as a Christian community and what I want to do is just kind of unpack that because I think what we see is pretty people who love Jesus does not equal Christian community at all um, the picture of Christian community is is that persona of prettiness won't last and in what I want to kind of paint a picture of is what a Christian community could be if we put that persona aside and actually be real. And I, I, I want to be a little transparent with you. Candace and I need a community like that. Candace and I deeply want a community like that. And you do too. Uh, no matter who you are, it's, it's, it's in us as human beings uh, across the board to desire that to want to have a place to be real. I was talking to Candace. Uh, if you watch any kind of sitcom at all, the common thread is community, right? It's, it's 
a bunch of weird people being weird together, and it's funny, but the, you see community, and then we look at our lives, and that doesn't look anything like our lives, because we come, and we're all normal, and we all smile and put on, put on the show. And the, the beautiful thing about Christian community is it meets our, one of our most basic needs, and that is to know and to be known, and to be loved on our good, our bad, and our ugly days. Um, and that's what a, tr- a true Christian community is. It's not a group of pretty people who love Jesus. It's a group of broken people who Jesus redeemed and called to be a part of his, his body. And so let's unpack that a little bit. Um, we're going to look in Romans. It's one of my favorite texts when it comes to community. And what's funny is while I'm getting here, if you've ever looked at people in the Bible, um, you'll notice something. You can't find a pretty person in the Bible. Have you noticed that? If you've looked in, through the stories, you can't find someone who has their stuff together. You can't find those pretty, I would challenge you, if, if there's someone in the text who we know a substantial amount about, who you would say, they just nailed it. They got it right. The, the fact is, is that the Bible records stories of broken people who God uses. And um, what makes us think that we're going to be different today, or we need to be different today? We're going to be in Romans uh, 15, 1 through 3. Uh, And I'll read it for us, and then we'll just kind of walk through it. It says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up, for Christ did not please himself. But as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So it starts off, and this is written to a Christian community. It starts off by saying, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. And this isn't a put up with or a bear with doesn't mean to just have patience. It's like, I've used this analogy before, but it's like a load-bearing wall in your home. You don't want to remove that wall because it supports your house structurally. It bears weight. That's the picture that this text is painting, that we're to be a load-bearing community together, that we're to bear the weight uh, together. And so um, we're called to be a load-bearing community. Let us not to please ourselves, but to please our neighbor for his good, to build him up. And why? Because Christ did not please himself, but it is written that the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So all of it is rooted in the gospel. And so here's really what I want to get to. There's three things that I want us to take away, and I won't, I won't talk long from communi- for, about biblical community tonight. There's three things that I want us, I want to encourage us to fight for together. Okay, let's start with the first one. Fight for the tendency, fight against the tendency to individualize. Fight against the tendency to individualize. If you've noticed in our culture, we are very individualistic. Uh, Everything is about uh, my happiness, what is, we've even done this with truth. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. That is not a biblical worldview. Uh, the, this individualization of our Christian faith. And it doesn't work. Our faith, and we've said this before, is, is deeply personal but never private. It's never meant to be a private faith. And what I want to challenge us to do is to fight against that tendency to make things individualistic. And I want to unpack this a little bit. So one of the most common mistakes when it comes to biblical interpretation is this problem, individualization. So when we read a text, we sometimes get 
all turned around because of this. And let me, let me unpack it. Uh, we take something that's meant to be for a group, and we take it to be a direct thing for us individually. Um, the word you in the English language, our word you, I could use it in two different ways. I could say, Candace, you are awesome. And that is a singular use of the word you. I could also say, Stone Oak, you are awesome. Same word, same you, but it's plural. In our Bible, we have uh, about 4,720 verses that use you plurally. Now let that sink in. The vast majority of yous that you see in your Bible talks about a collective group, not an individual person. One of our deepest mistakes is we take those verses that are meant to be powerfully communal and we take them to be individualistic. And Texas this, fixes this by saying, y'all, it's because we got it right. We need a Bible that says y'all. It would be very helpful and lame at the same time, but very, very helpful. Um, another way to look at this is there's 59 verses in your New Testament that say one another. We call them the one another verses. It's love one another, serve one another, honor one another, uh, live in harmony with one another. There's 59 of them. Now, back me up here. It's, it's kind of hard to do the one another verses on an island to ourselves. It's impossible to live out those one another verses if we're not in the context of Christian community. These one another verses are for us to treat each other um, with love, to serve one another, to live in harmony with each other. We're called together. Um, if we look at our, our text in Romans, it's impossible to be a load-bearing community if we're segregated and separated. It's impossible to be a load-bearing community if we, if we separate our, ourselves. And so I want to encourage us to fight the tendency that we have to individualize. Second, fight the tendency we have to homogenize. This is a very weird word, forgive me. Homogenize means to make something uniform, to make everything look the same. The, the opposite of it would be diversity. So I'm asking, fight, a Christian community should fight for, and I'm pretty passionate about this, fight for, embrace diversity. We love it when our communities look just like us. We're most comfortable when our communities look just like us. But the gospel breaks those walls down, and a true Christian community, community is diverse, and it's cross-ethnicity, race, economic, social status. It's cross-ages. Um, there, there should be no barrier in a true Christian community. And this is so, it's, it slams in the face of our culture. And it slams in the face of us as people. We don't like this. And we can admit this. We don't like it. We like it when our communities look like us, talk like us, dress like us, eat like we eat, value what we value. We really feel more comfortable and we like that. And I am, I am challenging us as Stone Oak Bible Church to fight hard against that to embrace diversity with everything we have. And like I said, this is race, this is culture, this is economic, this is all of those barriers that tend to put a wedge between people. In the church, those wedges should not work. 
in a tr true Christian community, there is no place for racism. There is no place for elitism. That is gone. And I want to talk about this practically. Um, if you're a married couple, it would be awesome for you to have friends that are in your same stage of life. Have same kind of kids, same place in your career. You can connect with them. It's awesome. That would be, that's healthy. You, you can use that. But I would encourage you, you need more. You need some single friends. You need some married couples that have been th together longer and have kids that are older and that can help you. Um, let's just call out the elephant in the room. If you are Caucasian, you need some Hispanic friends. <laughs> we need some African-American friends. We need to see our relationships look different. They have to look different because the gospel calls us to look different. And so if, this is so sad, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. made a statement that Sunday mornings are our most segregated day of the week. That's true, sadly, across the board in churches when you just look at it. That is anti-gospel. And I want to fight for diversity in every possible way that we can. If you look at our text in Romans, you have uh, the stronger and the weaker. The stronger and the weaker. It's not a group of strongs and it's not a group of weaks and then they, they don't talk. It's if you're going to have weaker brothers that you're going to pour into, then you need to know them. Um, if you're here and you've been working for many years and you've done well, you need to take some people under your wing that maybe are just starting in their careers and help them. That is a glimpse of what true Christian community is, and I want to fight for it. Um, my heart is that at Stone Oak that we'll be known for this. And that this is a way that we worship Jesus. Is when you look at our church and it reflects our community. When you look at our church and it looks like you would just go to the grocery store. That's a good way to look at our community, by the way. Go to the grocery store and look at what you see there. That should be a good reflection of what we see in our church. Um, and we should embrace that and fight our tendency to want to only be with people that look like us and smell like us and talk like us, not smell, sorry, but we need to fight for that, fight our tendency to homogenize. Uh, one of, and I want to be honest with you, one of the most incredible joys that I ha have had in the last six months came when we did a, um, our first barbecue together. It was a long time ago, a couple of you, of you were here. Uh, Kitsia and Hector, I think, Hector, you lost your keys. It was in that trip. It was fun. And I remember a moment that I was, we were all scouring a field to look for keys. I still have pictures of it. I should have got it. It was, it was awesome. And I looked out, and it was overwhelming because of the diversity I saw in that field. There wasn't a dominant age. There wasn't a dominant race. There wasn't a dominant anything. It was just a smorgasbord of, of people. That is a win. That was something that I came home and I, I could not stop talking about with Candace. It was going, look what God is doing. Um, he's bringing people of all different cultures and backgrounds together. So I'll move on. Uh, I'm passionate about it, um, that we fight our tendency to look exactly like each other. This next one is um, 
to fight our tendency to individualize, fight our tendency to homogenize, and then also to fight our tendency to withdraw. Uh, in all transparency, this is the one I struggle with the most. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that. But two aspects of community are to know and to be known. I think a lot of us are really comfortable with the to know part, but not so good at the to be known part. Um, it makes us a little uncomfortable. It's, um, we're kind of in a Facebook society that we post the pictures we look skinniest in. We post the posts that make us seem witty make us seem like we have our stuff together, we have um, our relationships are clicking, our kids are not crazy, they're cute. And it, we post these pictures and it looks like everything's awesome. And I don't know about for you, but when things aren't awesome, I don't post. So I just take a break and then I'll come back when things are awesome and I have something good to say. And, which is good because you don't want to vent on Facebook, that's, that's not good either. But, um, <laughs> It's our culture to put our best face forward, uh, always. And we don't have a place. I, what I want to ask is, do you have somewhere or someone to go to when you don't feel skinny, witty, when you feel a little broken, when your kids are super crazy? Do you have a place to go? And that's a Christian community. Um, here's where I want to kind of get transparent. My tendency in my low seasons is to withdraw. This is, this is my tendency to withdraw. And some of this, I think, is pride. I'm a pastor. Um, people come to me when they're struggling. People come to me, and what good am I if I'm struggling myself? Uh, my family needs to always look like we've got things, we got this together, right? And um, the more I follow Jesus and the more I learn from really good leaders, the more I know that is a complete lie. Because if I lead like that, I will lead a community to do that. <laughs> and it is completely, entirely unhealthy. But it's my tendency. It's what I, Candace will, will catch me doing this, is I want to pull away and, and come back when I've got things kind of whew, together. Um, it, this is my, my tendency. And we look at our Romans uh, passage, and it's, it's hard to be a load-bearing community if we don't know that a load needs to be bared. <laughs> that makes sense. It's hard for us to get a shoulder in and help if we don't know that that person, if, if that person does not show that they need help. We want to be a community where you can show that you need help, and our gospel is bigger than all of the things that we go through. I can say that with complete confidence, that no matter what you are going through, the gospel is bigger. We don't have to be in fear. You don't have to say, well, I'm kind of, this maybe has never happened to anyone else. This, I shouldn't. No. Our gospel is bigger than anything that we could have going on in our lives. And so when we come to a true, healthy Christian community, it's when a weaker brother can say, hey, I'm weak right now and I need help, and so that we can be a load-bearing community and come around him or her and, and help bear that load. And I know that this is the opposite of what a lot of us have been taught, including myself. It's the, it, this runs in the face of everything I've been taught, uh, to be vulnerable. I think it is profoundly healthy. I think it's profoundly biblical, uh, no matter who you are, and I want to fight for it. I want to fight 
for that so we don't, those walls that we have, those impressive walls that keep people from knowing us, that by God's grace, those walls can start to come down just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit until finally you find yourself in a true healthy Christian community where you're known and you know. And so that's, that is my prayer that we can see that happen. I'll end with this. Um, here at Stone Oak, here is what healthy Christian community looks like. We talked last week about we will gather big and we're going to gather small. Uh, both are profoundly important. So meetings like this, uh, eventually when we meet on Sunday mornings for our services, that's gather big. Profoundly important. And I want to challenge you to, to organize your schedule in a way that you can be a part of our community when we gather big. It's, it's huge for us. Uh, equally as important is when we gather small. When we, when we take time away from the big group and we get together on a small scale, it's equally as important that we engage in these communities and that we fight our tendency to want to hide. Um, it's my prayer that no matter how God blesses Stone Oak Bible and the people he brings, no matter how many, that we will always be a church that it is increasingly difficult to hide in. And that only happens when we engage in smaller groups. It only happens when we engage in smaller groups. And that is my, my prayer that we, that we fight for that. And honestly, I think that people in this room, some of you are going to be catalysts for this kind of community. You're going to be the leaders of these kind of communities. Um, that same tendency that I have to want to not show you the ugly, but only show you the good, you're going to feel when you leave, lead your communities, when people look to you, you're going to feel that. And I want to give you the freedom <laughs> to be vulnerable, to lead a group that's vulnerable, that's a, hel a healthy Christian community, not an unhealthy, put-on-a-pretty-face Christian uh, community. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about um, our community groups that are going to start. And they're not going to start in, you know, right here and right now, but we want to get ready for them when they, when they launch. We want to do it well, and this is a big reason we do it. And like I said, you're going to hear more from me and definitely hear more from Craig as we move forward and what these are going to look like, how they're going to be set up, and all of that. But we are looking for community group leaders who can be passionate about what we've talked about tonight and who is passionate about seeing that happen, a true, healthy Christian community. Uh, we're going to be looking for not only leaders, but people who would open up their homes. Some of you have great homes for hosting these kind of groups. And I want to ask you to be involved and open your home so that we can see those, those true, healthy Christian communities flourish. And so I want, some of you are going to be leaders, some of you are going to be hosts, and I'm going to make a bold statement. I want all of us to be involved. I want all of us to be involved. Um, I'll just hit the elephant in the room. If what I've talked about is not appealing to you at all, and it makes you want to run out the door, this won't be the first time. <laughs> it won't be the last time, I mean. It's, it's going to be something we talk about continually. This probably won't be the church for you if this is not something that you want to engage in. It's, it's that big for us. 
as we talk the weeks coming about all of our core values, we started with community because it's huge. All of them are huge, and we'll, we'll get to them, but community is huge. And at Stone Oak, we believe in it, and we're going to fight for it. And so I want to invite you to fight for it with us because as our core group of people, as you go, so goes our church when we launch. And so I want to empower you to join with us in this, in this fight. Um, like I said, you're going to hear from Craig later, but overall it starts here. It starts with us. And um, I really believe that this is the church that God wants us to be. Uh, I want to pray for us, and then I want to kind of let us, go, let us know where we're going in the weeks to come. I've got some exciting news. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll switch gears. Uh, Jesus, we need your help. Uh, I come to you and just in all honesty, what I've talked about tonight is something very difficult for me. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. And um, so we come and we ask for your help. And even when we fail in this, we, yeah, we, we need you to keep us focused on what you've called us to be as the church. That it's impossible for us to accept you without identifying ourselves with your people. Uh, ingrain that in us, that... that it's membership in your body is not optional. And we know that through your scriptures. And so, Father, we want to jump all in, uh, into the kind of community that we crave, but we're scared to jump into. And I pray that you give us courage to step into these kind of communities, to step in to lead some of these communities uh, as we see this happen. I can't wait till we can look back and see what you've done and see the lives that you've changed through a healthy, biblical Christian community who follows you and who sticks together, who doesn't withdraw, who is diverse, who worships you through our diversity, who doesn't individualize but sees ourselves as part of your body. And so we're going to look back on this and, and thank you for your work, and I, and I say that in faith. And God, we thank you for where you're taking us. In Jesus' name, amen.